Good morning, everybody. Um, Pete said it all. We, we're just so honored to be here. We love the leadership of this church, and we just love this church and this land. Um, I had 10 hours sleep last night and a good cup of coffee, so I'm feeling, I'm feeling rather good. The thing about traveling with kids and being in hotel rooms is when they go to bed, you kind of also have to go to bed. There's nothing else you can do. So, yeah, I'm feeling good today. But I just, I just wanted to share a little something about our journey. And just like Pastor Lynn said, we left South Africa six years ago now to come to the States. So I suppose you could call us missionaries. Usually it's the other way around. The Americans go to Africa. <laughs> But um, we, just, we just have fallen in love with the states and with this land. But um, I am a stay-at-home mom, so Pete gets to pastor within the, the ministry school, and I get to be a part of that as well. But my main focus is to be a stay-at-home mom, and I'm a homeschooling mom too. Are there any homeschooling moms here? Couple, yeah. We give each other the nod. We're like, yes, we know. <laughs> We've got the battle wounds <laughs> that go with it, so salute you. Um, yeah, and I just, I love, I love being with my girls and just, yeah, just pouring into them. Um, but during one of our homeschooling mornings, we always start with, with Bible reading. And we've been reading about David and Saul and just that whole story there. And we got to the point where, the part in the Bible where David um, was married to Saul's daughter and Saul was so outrageously jealous of David and the mighty man that he was that he tried to kill him, which is never a good situation when your father-in-law was trying to kill you. And so David ran and he hid in the cave um, to stay away and to stay protected. And, and I was reading that story to the girls and, and there was a, there's a part where Saul was trying to look for David and he came into the cave and he didn't know that David was there. And instead of David killing Saul, he just crept up behind him and took a little snippet of his, his robe. Are you guys all familiar with the story? Um, and God really spoke to me, and he just reminded me of, of my personal journey. Um, you know, sometimes it's just so good to remember what God has done for you. You know, remember the times that you've, you've been just encountered by the Lord. And so to give you a little bit of my testimony, we moved over to the States when our girls were one and three. So they were really little. We literally got to America with seven bags of clothes, and that's it. We got a little apartment. I mean, when, we, when I think back now, I'm like, we were crazy. But it was just, it was the Lord. So yeah, so Pete, Pete did three years of ministry school, and I stayed at home in our little two-bedroom apartment right next to Walmart. And I, wanted, I didn't want to do school. I wanted to be at home with my girls. Just such a huge move away from family, from everything that's familiar. I really felt to, to be at home. And in those first two years, it really felt like I was in a cave. <laughs> and I laugh about it now, but it was really hard because I had to be at home in a tiny apartment and be a mommy and try and figure out this whole new culture. I had no friends. We didn't have much furniture. Um, I had to figure out how to go grocery shopping. You know, I was told a, a joke the other day of like walking down the cereal aisle, just seeing all the options. I think I burst into tears because I'm like, where is the cornflakes? I just want whole wheat bread. Why are there 50 grains and loaves as long as my arm? And I just, it was just so overwhelming. And, and learning how to drive on the other side of the road as well was like, Wow, I was so scared. I got lost so many times. And anyway, it's, it's all funny now. <laughs> but I remember just, just having moments of feeling so lonely and feeling so um, just unseen and just insignificant. And there were times where I was on my knees playing with the girls or on my knees changing a diaper or on my knees just cleaning or doing the things that we do every day. And and I remember the Lord encountering me time and time after again, again on my knees. And he spoke to me and he said, Lise, the low roads will lead you to high places. And it's not about seeking places of, of significance, like on a stage or, or having a title or like something really significant. It's about doing what God's asked you to do and about being faithful with what he's asked you to, 
be faithful with, a faithful steward. And he said to me, look what's in your hands. And I looked into the faces of my little girls and I thought, God, I will be faithful with the two people that you've given me and I will serve you and I'll, I'll call it worship. And so there were days where I remember just, just wanting to cry because I missed family so much and instead I was like, okay, girls, let's dance. And we would have little dance parties in our lounge and, you know, we would just praise Jesus for what he has done. And, and so they, those cave moments, like David being in the cave because he didn't know what else to do, he was trying to fight for his life, I just felt like we may not, he didn't get the, the scene position. You know, he could have assassinated Saul and, and promoted himself to be king because he was anointed as king. Samuel had anointed him a while ago, but he stayed faithful in the, in the pastures. He stayed faithful in the cave season. And so, yeah, I guess just those, those moments where people may not see or recognize what you do, it almost felt like, for me, it felt like heaven turned and saw what I did and I felt the pleasure of God. You know, sometimes when we do things and it doesn't feel like there's any substance to it, but you do it out of obedience, heaven turns and the smile of God and the favor of God comes. Does that make sense? So I just wanted to encourage any of you that are feeling that way, thanks. I like to call God, he's a, he's a zero waste God. He wastes nothing. And the seasons that we go through that may feel dry, like there's no sustenance and there's no richness, it's not a spring season, it's maybe a winter season. Those things are the things that God uses because you'll see the fruit from the winter season. You know, he's a zero waste God. He wastes nothing, he gets you ready. The stuff that you go through in the dark times, he uses in the light. You know, so, is it okay if I pray? Yeah. so can, I, can I just ask if any of you are feeling, if, if, that, if my testimony has resounded in any of you and you're feeling like you're in one of those really tough times and you just need a, a refreshing from God, would you stand? I just want to pray over you. Yeah. Cool. Will you hold your hands out? Yeah, Father, I thank you. I look back now and I thank you for those times because I know the fruit that comes from it. And so, Father, I pray right now over the people that have stood. And I just pray for your grace to fall on them now in Jesus' name. I pray for a strengthening of your, just of your joy I pray, God, that they would be able to lift their heads in moments of struggle and to, to see where their help comes from, that you have never left them, that you never will leave them, that you are always with them. I pray, God, for, for just eyes to see and ears to hear your voice, to be obedient to the one who calls us kings and queens, who calls us royal because we are part of your family. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thanks, guys. I'm done, yeah. I just want to say for those of you who stood, and, well, and for everybody, but that, that journey of Lisa's is what got us to where we are today. If she hadn't been faithful in those seasons and on her knees, when, when nobody was looking and when things were difficult, I, I'm telling you, we would not be here today. We would be back in South Africa. We would have given up hope of staying, even though God had spoken to us very clearly about needing to stay in the States. It was not an easy journey. It wasn't like doors just flew open for us. We had to endure. And it was because of her prayers. It was because of, of her faithfulness and living under the smile of heaven and, and being in that place of not needing significance, but just needing to, to be connected to God. It was that that got us through. And I know that for a fact. So I just want to say to those of you who stood and who are feeling just dry and, and weary, don't, don't give up. Don't give up because in those seasons, 
God is going to use those seasons. You, you might see next year, things are going to make sense. Doors are going to open for you. And whatever it is, the things you've been contending for. But breakthrough is coming. Victory is coming. Victory is yours. And so just keep enduring and living under the smile of heaven. Great. Thank you, Lise. Isn't she amazing? All right. Well, I'm really excited to preach to you guys today. So I've, I've had a message just stirring in my heart this whole calendar year, actually, since January, God's been stirring something inside of me. And it's something that I've actually seen happening at Bethel and, and within BSSM, within the, the School of Supernatural Ministry. Um, right at the beginning of the year, Stephen Wendy Backland came into, into school, I think it was the first or second week back after the Christmas break, and they started speaking on the renewing of the mind. And when they were speaking, Holy Spirit just broke out. Like, I haven't seen anything like it before in, in my three years of pastoring. The students were running from the back. And, and we have like one of an auditorium, kind of similar to this, but a whole lot bigger, where students were running from the top down. They were jumping over balconies to get down to the front because they just sensed the presence of God there. And they were speaking on the renewing of the mind. And so it was just really interesting to see how there was just this grace on the renewing of the mind. But at the same time, it felt like there were challenges coming at us these last three months where Holy Spirit was breaking out. He was moving. He was doing these beautiful things. And there was such a hunger, such an excitement. Yet at the same time, every week I was meeting with someone who was really, really struggling with anxiety or depression or fear or something. And so they were moving forward in the spirit, but at the same time, it felt like things were coming at them. And we were feeling it for ourselves as well. We, were, we could sense the pleasure of God. We could sense his, his spirit moving so powerfully in us. And yet at the same time, there was serious opposition. Like old fears, old anxieties, old insecurities were coming up and it was, it was just weird. And in that journey, God started speaking to us about renewing the mind. And he said to me, I want you to start reviewing all the prophetic words that you've received over the last while and, and start renewing your mind to the truth that I've spoken over you. Um, he also got me to write out a whole bunch of declarations just to start declaring over myself and reviewing and meditating on those things. And also to um, spend more time in the Word. And actually, God's been challenging me and this is what I'm going to talk about today, but God's been challenging me to not just read the word as information, as knowledge, but to actually meditate on it until I actually believe it. Because how many of you know this is true? But, and, and this, is, this is nothing against anyone in this room, because I think for all of us, I think the whole global church, I'm not sure anyone's actually fully living this out. I think there's so much more available to us as a church that we haven't stepped into because I don't think we fully, fully believed what's in here. And my, I feel like God is challenging the church and this church, but the church and definitely challenging me. And this is a journey that I'm on. I'm speaking to you right in the middle of the journey. I, I'm telling you up front, I don't have this down. But we're, but we're working on it. It's a work in progress, and it's something God's speaking to me about. So I feel like God is challenging the church right now to renew their mind to the truth. To the truth of who we are, to the truth of our new creation identity, to the truth of who God is, I, I'm convinced if we will believe the truth of who God is, and who we are and what he's already done for us, this world will look very different. I think too often we look, we look at the government, we look at Hollywood, we look at all these different things, and, and as a church, we're very quick to cast blame. We're very quick to say, oh, the government needs to be doing more. Oh, Hollywood is doing this, or Planned Parenthood is doing this. And, I'm not for any of that, but 
I think we're too quick to blame when actually the church is called to be making the impact and the difference in this world. Donald Trump is not the savior of America or the world. No president is the savior of their country. But God has called the church to rise up and it's through the church that the manifold wisdom of God is going to be made known. It's not through government. And Hollywood may be doing a bunch of things and releasing messages out into, our, into the media that maybe we don't agree with. But instead of sitting back as the church and casting blame, why don't we rise up and, make, and change something? And if, if we will rise up and believe the truth of who we are and, who, and where we're seated and who God is, we are going to start seeing change. Hollywood will change. Government are going to start coming to the church and asking us for wisdom on how to govern. Because the church should be operating like Solomon. That, that, was, that wasn't just a one-off thing. That wisdom that Solomon received, Jesus is now our wisdom. So we all have access to that kind of wisdom. And Solomon was given wisdom to govern, discernment to govern. If the church would rise up and step into that wisdom that Jesus has given us and we have access to, I believe we should be helping governments govern this world. If we want, we want earth to look like heaven, the church needs to rise up. It's, we need to be praying. Yes, we really need to be praying for our government and our leaders. That is so important. But I don't think that's the only solution. I think we, we need to be rising up. We need to be believing truth about ourselves. We need to be believing truth about who God is. And when that happens, things are going to start changing. Every one of us have the potential to step into what God has actually created us to do. And when we step into what God has created us to do, and that could be being a stay-at-home mom looking after two kids, but it could be being a counselor to a president. It could be being a counselor to business leaders. There's so many different things that it could be, and I believe we have access to something that we haven't yet tapped into. In, in Romans 12, verse 2, it says, Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Do not be conformed. Con I like that there's the word con in front, because I feel like the world cons us. The world cons our beliefs. And when we get conformed, to the world, we start to look like the world, we start to operate under worldly systems. And we become limited, we become restricted. But when we start to believe truth, we become transformed. Transformed is the same word that is used when Jesus went up on, up on the mountain with John and Peter and James, and he was transfigured into a whole different being. He looked altogether different. Transformed is when we take on the whole, we, we become changed. We look altogether different. And that comes when we renew our minds to the truth. Yeah. I, I loved when I walked in here and I saw on your weekly, on your pamphlet, it says, set your mind on things above. And I didn't tell them what I was speaking on today. And so I just, I love I love that that is, as you walked in, like the Lord is speaking. We need to be setting our minds on things above. And if we could turn to Colossians 3, I want to just speak a little more about that. Colossians 3 verse 1, If then you have been raised with Christ... Seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. 
When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. That's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. If we've been raised with Christ, and this is what I'm talking about, when we need to be re- our minds need to be renewed to what Jesus has already done for us. If we have already been raised with Christ, how many of you believe you've been raised with Christ? On the cross, Jesus died as us. He didn't just die for us. He died as us. He took our old nature and he destroyed it. He died on our behalf. He took that old nature. He took that sin nature. He died and he was buried and our sin nature is in the grave still. Never, never to come back. And then he was raised and it tells us that we were raised with him. We were resurrected with Christ. And then it tells us as well in Ephesians that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. So if, we are, if we've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. Let's not be conformed to the world because that's not actually where we exist. Yes, we live here, but we're seated in heavenly places. Our spirits right now are with Jesus, seated at the right hand of the Father. What are we thinking about and what is our heart set on? Is our mind set on that realm? Because a renewed mind is more, is more aware of the unseen realm than the worldly realm. When we are only aware of the worldly realm, we become conformed to the patterns of this world. When we become aware of the heavenly realm and where we are seated in heavenly places, we become transformed into the image of that person that we already are. Our lives now will start to look very, very different. They will start to take on the form of our new creation reality. What are our hearts set on? What are we desiring? What are we hungering for? If, we, if, if our hearts and minds are not set on things above, we're not actually going to know what we can release onto the earth. We can pray the prayer, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But if we don't know what it looks like in heaven, what can we release? But if we, are, if we start becoming aware of what Jesus has already done for us, this is not something we have to work for. That's my favorite part, is we don't have to work for this. The only thing we need to do is start believing it. It's already done. You're already righteous. You're already holy. You're already blameless. You're already seated in heavenly places. You already have full access to the goodness of God. You have full access to the goodness of Jesus. Full access. You have full access to his peace, you have full access to his joy, you have full access to every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. We don't have to work for it. Jesus worked for it on our behalf. He died as us and he rose for us, with us. He took us. There is a reality that we have not yet tapped into because we have not fully believed this. I believe God is crying out right now for his church to believe what he has done. When we will believe it and our minds get renewed to it, we will be transformed. We will be transfigured. Just as a butterfly crawls around as a caterpillar first, then goes into the cocoon and comes out a beautiful butterfly. That is what will happen. As our minds are renewed to truth, we will come out of the cocoon looking completely different and operating in the fullness of what Jesus has already paid for. In James chapter 1, from verse 22, it says, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, He is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away, and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, 
the law of liberty and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. I used to read that passage, and I, and I always thought, okay, this is talking about going out and healing the sick and raising the dead. Don't just hear about it, but go and do it. And I think that's true. I think that is true, but I think it's so much more than that. The word, the word doer here is the same word as poet. And I think what, what James is referring to here is saying, let's not just hear words. When we, or when we read the word, let's not just receive it as information. But what if we did something with it? What if we actually took it and believed it and did something with it? What if, just like a poet, he doesn't just have a bunch of words. A poet will take words and he'll create a masterpiece out of them. A poet loves words. He's not just a hearer of words, but he does something with words. What if we heard this and read this and did something with it? What if we actually meditated on on it until we truly, truly believed it? And we became a masterpiece. That people read and something comes alive. It's a piece of art. It's something special. When when I was 21, 22 years old, I told this story a couple days ago, but I, I decided to grow my hair. I was at university. It's kind of what you do. I'd never done it before. In South Africa, you're not allowed to grow your hair when you're, when you're in school. So when we leave school and go to university, it's like, freedom, I can grow my hair and see what it looks like. <laughs> Most guys do it at least once. I'll do it only once. Because <laughs> when I grow my hair, it goes out. It does not go down, I get an afro. A white guy with an afro looks odd. <laughs> but I did it for a good year. I had this big afro. And then eventually I saw the light and decided it's time to cut it. (laughs) When I did cut it, obviously, you know, for a year or so I'd been looking in the mirror and just every time I saw myself, I saw this afro. And then I eventually cut it and I'd look in the mirror and I, I had to look a few times like, well, who is that? You look very different. How many of you have like drastically cut your hair, like gone from long to short? And you know exactly that feeling, right? You look in the mirror after that and you're like, whoa, oh, that's me, wow. I look different. Those first couple times, I'd look in the mirror and then I'd walk away and I'm so used to having an afro, I still thought I had an afro. I'd even like do this, like, where's my hair? And that's what it's like when you look intently at a mirror, in the mirror and then you forget what you look like. That's what happens when we hear the word and we don't actually do anything with it. It was like I was looking in the mirror and expecting to see an afro. I walk away and then still thinking I have it. I forget what I actually look like. We, we need to be so filled with the word that we never forget what we look like. And that's what it's talking about. It's talking about us. Are we going to do something with the words so we don't forget what we look like? Because I think the church has forgotten what we look like. I really do. I think if, when I look at, at the book of Acts and I see the apostles and what they were doing and what they believed about themselves and about God, and I compare it to to the current church, and when I say the current church, please, I'm not talking about this church, I'm talking about the global church. When I see us as believers and what we are doing, it just, there's a big gap. I think we've forgotten what we look like. And I think we need to start getting back to the mirror. We need to start looking in the mirror again. And we need to start liking what we see. We need to stop having just a quick glance and then walk away. But we need to look intently. We need to see who we are. We need to know every wrinkle, every mole, 
every freckle, we need to know what we look like. And I think you understand, I'm not talking about in the physical, I'm talking in the spirit. We need to know who we are. If we go back to Colossians 3 quickly. It says in, from verse 3, For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. When Christ who is your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. I've, I used to read that passage, that verse, that when, when Jesus appears, we'll appear with him in glory. I always thought that was talking about when Jesus comes back at his second coming. I've come to realize it says, my life is actually hidden in Christ. And so when Jesus appears, I will appear with him. Why is that? Because I'm hidden in him. So when we see him, we're actually going to see ourselves because we're in him. That's why it says set your heart and mind on things above because that's where he is and that's where you are. And so when you're looking at him, you're actually going to see yourself. You are going to appear in glory, not when you just look around at the world, but when you look to him. When you see Jesus, you will see who you actually are because your life is hidden in him. In 1 John 4, it says, as he is, so are we in this world. As he is now, by the way. Not as he was when he walked the earth. As he is now. I don't get it. That's why I'm on a journey. I do not understand that. But it's still true. And I need to look in the mirror until I start looking like that. I need to look intently at Jesus so that I can see what I look like and so that I can be transformed into his image and change this world. This world needs the church to rise up. All creation groans for the revealing of the sons of God. What does it mean? They're waiting for us to know who we are. They are waiting for us to renew our minds so that we can know who we are. What are we believing? When you look at, in Exodus, you know the story of the, the spies. And Moses had taken the Israelites out of Egypt, out of slavery, crossed the Red Sea. They're in the wilderness and it hadn't been too long. That hadn't been a long period. It wasn't like after 40 years. But it, and they had experienced miracle after miracle after miracle on this journey. God parted the, the sea. He gave them manna from heaven. He gave them quails when they wanted meat and not just manna. He gave them water out of a rock. He performed so many miracles. They, they never got sick. Their clothes didn't wear out. And yet... When God spoke to Moses and said, send 12 people into the promised land, the land that I want to give you, just to go spy it out, they came back with a bad report. 10 out of the 12 said, we can't go there. There's giants there. Only two of them had a renewed mind. Only two of them had actually seen what God had done on that journey out of, out of Egypt only two of them had actually allowed those miracles that God had done to change the way they think about God and themselves. The other ten and the rest of the congregation, they only saw what God did as his acts. They didn't allow it to change how they saw God. In, in Psalm 103 it says, Moses knew the ways of God. The Israelites just knew his acts. So they saw what God did as acts, just as, as things that God does for us. They, they didn't allow those acts to transform and renew their minds to change the way they think about God. 
Caleb and Joshua saw the challenge, the facts were the same for all 12 of them. But they had a renewed mind and they said, we can do this because we've seen, we know the ways of God. We've seen what God can do. We can take those giants. The Nephilim, no worries. Because we got God on our side. He parted the Red Sea. If he can do that, he can take down a couple giants. No worries. And we're exposed. You know, I think most of the church, especially a spirit-filled church like this, we're exposed to the acts of God all the time. We see God doing beautiful things all the time. Are we allowing those things to actually renew our mind? Are we allowing ourselves to change how we think about God? We need to look at those things and meditate on those things until they don't just become, oh yeah, God healed someone, that's wonderful. No, that reveals the nature of God. That reveals that God is so, so good. On Friday night, we saw 35 people healed before my team even touched anybody. So we actually don't know how many were healed in total, but there were a bunch more afterwards, but 35 that we counted. Now we have a choice. Do we actually let that change the way we see God? Or is it just like, that's cool, wonderful, they're healed, that's great. But that reveals how good God is. That reveals his love. He wants us healthy. He wants us transformed. He wants us to live in freedom. He wants us to live in peace. He wants us to live in joy. That's his nature. A renewed mind opens us up to live in the freedom that Jesus has paid for. The truth sets us free. A renewed mind believes truth, and the truth sets us free. What is freedom? Freedom is being fully open and having no obstacle and no obstruction to the love of God. That's freedom. There's nothing getting in the way of being able to receive all that God has for us. The truth sets us free. It's the truth that sets us free. The Bible does say in his presence there is, there is freedom, there is liberty. It's, it's actually saying the same thing because in his presence he points us to Jesus who is the way, the truth, and the life, and the truth sets us free. We need to believing to be believing the truth. We need to allow, when we see an act of God, we need to allow it to change our minds and our view of who God is. Okay. So how do we renew our minds? I'm glad you asked. Do you know... There's, there are a lot of neuroscientists out there who have been doing studies. In, in recent years, they've been doing a lot of studies on the mind and they're actually starting to, um, to see things that we hadn't seen in the past. And one of the things that they've, they've identified is that our mind is made up of our subconscious mind and then our conscious mind. And most of our thoughts I think it's something like 80 or 90% of our thinking and our decisions come from the subconscious mind. And it's actually very difficult to change our subconscious mind and that's why it's quite difficult to renew our minds to the truth. Our, our subconscious minds are, are formed and developed mainly by the age of six or seven, I think it is. Because when, when you're in that, at that age, there's, I think your brain operates at a different frequency and everything you see and everything you hear goes and affects your, conscious, your, your subconscious mind and it's developed. And then from that, from about seven onwards, in order to go and change your subconscious mind, it's actually quite difficult. You, you've got to be very, very intentional to do it. It doesn't just happen. We can't just read the word once and our, our subconscious mind has changed. And because we live 
mainly out of our subconscious, we actually, if we wanted to renew our minds, we need to be renewing our subconscious mind. So a lot of studies have said what we need to do is we need to be meditating. And don't get freaked out because meditation is biblical. There's biblical meditation. I'm not talking about the New Age Eastern meditation where you empty your mind. But biblical meditation is when you actually fill your mind with the truth. It's, it's when you, the word meditate, and let's maybe turn to Joshua chapter 1. It says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according, according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. If we want our way prosperous and good success, it says we need to meditate on his word day and night. Now that word meditate means to mutter, repeat over and over and over. One of the ways to change our subconscious mind is to be meditating. Repetition changes your mind. We can't just hear something once. That'll, that'll affect only our conscious mind. But if we actually want it to go deep, we need to repeat it over and over and over and over and over. That's talking about looking intently at the mirror, the word. We need to be spending time in the word and the truth, muttering it over and over and over and over. In Psalm, Psalms 1, it says something as, like that as well. Do we have it there? Oh. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seats of scoffers. Oh, can, we, can we go further? But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. And look, look what happens when we meditate on the Lord day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. Can you see the correlation between Joshua 1 and Psalm 1? We meditate on the truth and in everything we do, we prosper. So something that I want to encourage you all to do if we are serious about renewing our minds to the truth, is to start meditating on his word. Take his word, take truths that God reveals in his word and just speak them over yourself. Over and over and over and over and over again until it becomes a part of you. Not just until you can repeat it, not just until you can tell someone else about it, but until you believe it. Until it's in your deep, deep subconscious beliefs about who you are. Another way to actually change our subconscious mind is, is through declarations with emotion. So we talk a lot about declarations. The world actually calls them affirmations. So these are things that, so some of these things I'm speaking to you about the world knows about this stuff and they've been practice, practicing it for a while. The church is kind of catching up. We're a little slow off the mark at times. But God spoke to us a long time ago and he, he, he taught us these things, but we haven't believed his word properly. And so we think, oh, the new age people have done it and so we can't do it ourselves. They've ruined it for us now. No, no, they've, they've copied us. They took it from us, now we need to take it back. So declarations, all declarations are, are just taking truth and speaking them over yourself. But if we just speak them over ourselves without actually believing them, without emotion, then our minds actually have what's called, um, what is the word? Sorry, I can't remember what the word is. But there's, there's like a disconnect in our brain because our brains are believing one thing but we're telling it something else and there's just this confusion in our, in our brains. But if we, our brains are really, really interesting things. If we will believe something and imagine it and do it with emotion 
our brains don't know the difference between that and something that we actually do in the physical. Our brains don't know the difference. If you imagine something and you imagine it with, with emotion, your brain thinks you just did that. That's why sportsmen, they, like golfers for example, they'll stand on the first tee and they will imagine the shot. They'll visualize the shot they want to hit. That's why they always stand behind the ball. Any golfers here? Okay, I'm a golfer. There's not many, so sorry, bad example. <laughs> just bear with me. They, they will stand behind their shot and they'll look, they'll just stand there for a couple seconds and they'll visualize the shot they want to hit. If they want to hit it left to right or right to left, they'll, they'll picture themselves, okay, and it's going to land right in the middle of the fairway. And then they go up and do it. And what they've done is they've actually just trained their body, their, their brain, and their body now believes, oh, I can do it because I've just done it. I can do it again. And then you get up and you hit these shots. That's why sportsmen, they've just tapped into something. Have you noticed the level of sport lately has just gone up? Because they've, they've understood the power of visualization. They picture themselves actually doing things they couldn't do before. And their brain doesn't know the difference. Their brain doesn't know that they, whether they did it in reality or whether they just thought it. Their brain thinks they're geniuses. We need our brain to start thinking we're geniuses. So we need to start taking these truths that are in here, start meditating on them, start declaring them over, over ourselves with emotion and start even imagining these truths happening. Start picturing yourself seated in heavenly places. Start picturing yourself like Jesus. Start looking through the word. What does Jesus look like? And start imagining that. As he's revealed, you'll be revealed with him. There is so much more for us. God is so, so good. He is so kind. He is so beautiful. He's so generous. He's so loving. He's our healer. A renewed mind has access to all of that stuff. I, I've been going through some health challenges recently, like some digestive things that's causing other complications and it's just frustrating me a lot. And I've had so many people pray for me, but God just keeps telling me, what are you believing about this thing? What are you believing about it? Are you believing the facts? Or are you believing the truth that by my stripes you're healed? Are you believing the facts that your digestive system is not working so well? Or are you believing the truth that the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead is living inside of you and is bringing life to your mortal body? A renewed mind focuses on the unseen. And that's the unseen reality. The seen reality is, man, I'm not feeling so great right now. The unseen says, I'm healed. There's truth versus facts. A conformed mind looks at facts. A renewed mind looks at truth. Facts are in the world. Truth is in the word. Are we going to believe this? If we believe this, I am convinced we as the church will look very, very different. It does require a little bit of effort to renew your mind. It's not just going to happen. We can't just click our fingers and our minds are renewed. But I do want to tell you, the renewing of the mind is not your savior. Jesus is your savior. A, re a renewed mind steps you into what he has already done for you. It positions you to receive from your savior. This is not, this is not to become a works thing where you work for your, your salvation or you work for your blessing. That would, that would defeat the whole purpose. A renewed mind is just about believing the truth 
of what your Savior has already done for you. And that does require discipline. It's not works, it's discipline. And we need discipline in our lives. That's probably my biggest weakness. So this message is hard for me. But I need to do it. And I'm going to do it. Because I want to be different. I want to live transformed. I I'm tired of, the, of just being a Sunday Christian. I'm tired of just being a, a pastor at BSSM, at Bethel. I want more. I want to walk in what Jesus paid for. And I know I'm not there yet. And these guys, part of BSSM, they're not there yet either. They're walking in great things, but we're not there yet. There is more for us. There are no limits to how much we can renew our mind. Because Jesus is, is infinite. And if we're created in his image and we're transformed into his image, I think there's always more. There's always more that we can see about him. Who wants to go on this journey? Who wants to live transformed? Who wants to transform the world around them rather than being conformed to the world? Let's go change the world. I'm convinced we can do it. And I'm, I, I really, really feel strongly that this is the time. There's an urgency in the spirit. This is not just, I, I really don't feel like this is just a message. This is just a clever preach. I feel like this is a word from the Lord. Not just for this church, but for the, the church. The Lord is calling the church to rise up. He's calling the church to rise up and step into what he has already done for us. You're a new creation. You're a new creation, a brand new creation. Every day you're a new creation and it doesn't matter what you've just done. It doesn't matter what you did yesterday. It doesn't matter what you did last night. You're a new creation today. An altogether new creation, a kainos new creation. That means you look completely different. Your old nature was a sinful nature. It's dead. Today, right now, this moment, you're a new creation. Kainos, the word kainos means it it doesn't mean you just got a new pair of shoes like your old one. Your old pair of shoes wore out and so let's go get a new pair. That's not what that means. It means you now get something altogether different. You had normal shoes that wore out, now you've got rocket shoes. That's who we are. We have been transformed and changed into His image. We are new creations. We are not like our old selves. Every single person here, if you have given your life to Jesus, you're a brand new creation. Created in His image. I want to read one last verse for you, and then we're going to wrap it up. It's in Ephesians 4, somewhere. From verse 22, Ephesians 4.22, it says, Put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires. And be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and put on the new self, created after the likeness of God, in true righteousness and holiness. Put on the new self. We put on the new self. That's already created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. That's who we are. How do we put it on? By believing it. Throughout Ephesians 4 and 5 and, and Colossians 3 as well, it talks about putting off the old and putting on the new. We put off the old by believing it's dead. We put on the new by believing we are new creations. It's not through our efforts, it's not through our actions, it's through our beliefs. 
we're transformed by our beliefs. We're already created in His image, in righteousness and holiness. That's good news. Okay. Can we stand? Please. I want to pray for you guys. If you want to go on this journey of renewing your mind, I want you just to take a moment to do business with the Lord. I'm just going to give you 30 seconds just to, within your own heart, within your own spirit, just to make a commitment to Him, to pursue Him, to meditate on His truth, to declare the truth over yourself, to read Scripture, pull out the truths, and to take them for yourself and believe them over and over and over until your mind is renewed to the truth. Father, I thank you for what you've done for us. I thank you for your incredible grace. God, you're just too good for us. We don't deserve your, good, your goodness. We don't deserve your kindness. We don't deserve to be called the righteousness of God in Christ. And yet you still call us that. God, I ask for every person here that you will just release a grace upon them to go on this process of renewing their minds to the truth, of setting their hearts and minds on things above. I pray, God, just as you desire it more than we do, God, that you will take us by the hand as the good, the good shepherd, Holy Spirit. Will you lead us into the truth? Every single one of us, lead us into the truth. Help us to see truth. Help us to believe truth. I pray for an acceleration over every person in this room. That our minds will be renewed to the truth, God. God, that we will start hungering and desiring the more. That we will not settle just for Sunday Christianity. But God, we will, we will pursue and desire the more that you have already paid for. God, we will not back down. We will not give up, but we will pursue truth. And I just thank you for a grace, God. I thank you for a grace. In Jesus' name, amen. One of the other ways we can renew our minds is by, you, you guys can sit. Um, can I have my team come up? I think all of you come up. Just let's release a few prophetic words. Um, one of the ways we can renew our minds is to the prophetic words that God has spoken over our lives. So God speaks to us through his word, which is beautiful. But he also sometimes speaks to us through people, through the prophetic. And that's one of the things that God's been challenging me on and a journey that we've taken our whole revival group through is actually stewarding the words that God's given us the prophetic words that he's given us. And it's really important that when we receive a prophetic word, we don't just think, okay, that's great. Thank you, God. I got a prophetic word. And then we move on. Or, oh, I've heard that one. That's good. Yay. I'm a, I'm a dad or I'm a mom or I've got wisdom. No, we, we take those things and we start to believe them. When we get a prophetic word, we need to receive it and believe it and meditate on it because it's the truth of how God sees us. And so I'm, I've got my team up here. I want them to just release prophetic words. Some of them are over the church. Some of them will probably be over individuals. Um, I know we're closing in on 12 o'clock, but if you guys, I know you, you're always free to leave, but if you want to stay and be blessed, 
We're going to just release some prophetic words, and then my team is going to stand up front and be the ministry team afterwards as well. So if you want to come up and receive a miracle in your body, if you're still contending for healing, or if you just want a, a word from them, or you want them to pray over you, feel free to come up. These guys are anointed, gifted, powerful, beautiful, and they want to bless you. <clears throat>